Welcome back, universe. It's an SFBCPC mini app. That's an abbreviation for Sci-Fi Book Club podcast miniature episode. On today's mini app, we'll be talking about Stranger Things, season one, episode seven, created by the Duffer Brothers and released in Earth Year 2016. I'm your host, Brent Aldrich, and with me as always, via holographic projection, it's my co-host, Mr. John Love. Hi, John. Hey, Brent. How's it going? Um, You know what? Pretty good now that the babies are asleep. I'll be honest. Yeah. Whoosh. Am I right? Yeah. You are right. And Thank you. And I heard that little cough, meaning that also join me as always on the mini apps. It's Steve. Hello, Steve. <coughs> Hi, Brent. What's going on over there, buddy? Just coughing. Oh, you got the space flu. Do you have the space flu? I hope not. Can you get the space flu? I mean, you are in space now Can since I? you busted through our wall. But um, I don't know, being from your time, if you can catch it or not. I hope not. Hopefully I'm immune, like historic or past immune. I don't know. Hopefully I'm immune. I don't want the space flu. I don't like regular flu. Hopefully. Hopefully you don't get it and then take it back to your time and then wipe out all possibility of us ever existing. Mm-hmm. Could happen. Change the timeline. Knock yeah, on holographic wood. That would be wood. terrible. That's not, that wasn't holographic wood. Oh, but. knock on holographic wood. Yeah, there it was. <laughs> John, you continue, uh, what, cross-stitching the... Uh, the, the the rupture in space time. Uh, um, uh, uh, why don't you roll like a I don't know if you got like a D eight over there or something. Uh, yep, I can handle that. Give me a second to okay. dig through my dice. And another second and yep. more seconds. What are you a doing D8? in these seconds? Yeah, a D a D eight. You said. Yeah, yeah. We just want to see your. Uh, you gotta you gotta. Uh... My stitch roll. Yeah, stitch roll. Uh, I'm the, I rolled a six on the stitch roll. Um, that you successfully s- put six stitches in, which closes which closes uh, the the rift in space time. Uh, meanwhile, at the same time, yes. Steve, you find yourself um, down there in that in that dark anthraxy looking filled. Uh, it's dark, uh, uh, somewhat sexy, somewhat Christmassy. <laughs> Do I have like a partial boner? Is that what kind of sex we're going for here? Or? Wait, what? What? What is? What are you talking about, sir? Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, you, you do see, you do see two shadowed, shadowy figures in the near distance. What do you do? Uh, how big are these figures? I can't really make it out. You can't really make it out. It's it's so dark in there. Uh, they don't seem too threatening right now. I, I, I approach. Okay. Roll for initiative, everybody. Oh, 20. It's a crit- critical hit. I got an 8. I got a 16, which is Ooh. the best I've rolled so far. Wow. Not good enough. High rolls all around, but Steve, you win this initiative roll. Um, we're, we're gonna leave. We're gonna leave you right there. I'm right here. All right. Well, episode seven. We only got we only got one more episode of Stranger Things left, which 
Yeah. A lot could happen. Yep. I uh, so I don't have very very many uh, segments this episode, unfortunately. Um, I actually have a lot, I think, of like genuine content. Wait, <laughs> we we haven't been doing genuine content. So you're implying? Now, what I believe we've been doing is uh, masking our lack of content mm. in the form of stupid segments. Wow. Uh, and so I'm going to start with the one segment that I do have. Well, besides the the one that persists all the time, uh, I'm going to do the other one, which is uh, Dyson's Question Master Corner, mm. uh, so, which, which actually I bring it up right now because you mentioned – uh, in, in wherever Steve is in that world that he's in, in, in the dungeon, you know, the Dungeon Dragons, um, you know, sort of initiative yeah. battling universe. Uh, you mentioned last episode uh, whether it was snow or anthrax floating around, and so Dyson actually has a question written here. Okay. Uh, what do you think that is, snow or anthrax? I feel like that's a question for Steve. Tastes like it. Well, also, because yeah. it's relating for sure to the Upside Down in yes. um, Stranger Things. So the in the Upside Down, we see these floaty bits. Yeah. Uh, Dyson has written down here, floaty bits equals snow or anthrax. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a potential for like a Dark Horse candidate? I mean, I, I would also submit to the jury asbestos. Uh, I'll take it up with Dyson. Okay. Just based on my experience being there, it tastes like anthrax. Very if, good. And that- if it was, if it was, um, if it was packaged in little in, in envelopes and addressed mailed. to the president of the United States, and mailed through the United States Postal Service. Yeah, then I would know it was snow. It's definitely nice. snow. Yeah, if it was in the, in the walls of my shitty grade school growing up, then I would know it's asbestos. <laughs> yeah, or snow, depending on the season. Exactly, uh, and and that's how we play snow or anthrax inside of Dyson's Question Master Corner. But there is one more question inside of Dyson's Question Master yeah. Corner, and that is the Demogorgon or whatever destroys something in the Upside Down. Does it also destroy that thing in the uh, right side up? The right side up, or the real world? Yeah. Wow, that's that's a really good question. And and honestly, even in terms of um, how it moves back and forth. You know, I, I will say, you know, that we've seen a few of these portals that can access. And so, for instance, like we saw um, Nance successfully go back and forth through one, but then it seemed to close up behind her. And um, I do have a lot of questions about, even in terms of access, um, who can access the upside down? Um, who doesn't have access to power? Who, uh, you know, can, cannot... Yeah, I'm curious because it, it also we saw eleven in the upside down this time and we saw things just like dissolve and that might just be her own ability to like access that space, but her upside down is very different than the other upside down that we've seen. Hers is pitch black, very quiet, very contained, and very precise. She pinpoints things in the upside down where uh any other time we see the upside down and somebody else going into it, probably because they don't have her abilities. We see uh, like distorted view of our world with a bunch of detritus and stuff hanging around um, and a complete lack of control. So it's a complete two different upside downs. Here's here's the thing too. Um, 
you know, like what actually exists in the upside down. So there's like upside down banana splits, but ups, yeah, uh, upside down pineapple cake, obviously. Um, but um, but there's not like upside down versions of people walking around necessarily. Too, you know, that was my initial thought. Like, yeah, why kill somebody in the right setup if you just kill them in the upside down? But and then they effectively uh, drop down. For sure. So, so here, here's a, an addendum to the question, uh, and this is verbatim. Uh, so, so this is from Dyson. Quote: What I was specifically mentioning or thinking of was the broken fort. Yeah. Uh, did the fort break in the right side up? And if so, did it just heal itself like that tree slash butthole, or not? Love Dyson. I would, based on what's happened in other places, the only. The only time things to get seem to be affected in both worlds are when it's a portal that goes into and Fort um, Fort Byers wasn't a place where Will went into the Upside Down, so I'd say it probably didn't get destroyed. I like to think the Demogorgons down there in the Upside Down just really, you know, re- re- redesigning the whole world, like urban planning that whole Upside Down, just... Fixing what's what's really wrong with the right side up. Just fixing everything down there. Yeah. Just make make the upside down great again. <laughs> and that's how we play uh, Dyson's Question Master Corner. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I think a lot happened in this episode. Um, so uh, I'm just going to say no updates on the due diligence this episode. I'm sorry, listeners. I know that's what you come to these mini-ups for, but... Uh, no, no new, no new, no new do. No new do. That's it's the hashtag. Read my lips. Uh-huh. No new do. Um. All right. So is it uh, Steve's question or Steve's prediction corner? I think so. Play that theme song. You find yourself in a corner making predictions, and you may find yourself with a beard while you do that and you may find yourself uh, busting through a wall just to get candy i think that was your uh, origin story and you may find yourself disappointed that we don't have very good candy over here and some of it's holographic projection food and you may say to yourself this is my prediction corner (laughs) and you may Say to yourself, this is my beautiful Dyson. And you may tell yourself, you may say to yourself, my God, what have I done? Steve's prediction corner. <laughs> All right, first prediction. Welcome to Steve's prediction corner, everyone's favorite segment. First prediction Hopper flares his nostrils. I opened that to the table because uh, I didn't watch closely enough. I, I, I'm going to give it to you because mm-hmm. I did look closely uh-huh. and there's several scenes where mm-hmm. I was like, I know that he's going to flare his nostrils here. I fucking know it. Mm-hmm. And he didn't a very slight. He just might be the type of guy that doesn't flare his nostrils much, yeah. but there's a very slight nostril flare, but it is distinctive. When Joyce yells at him that when he's going to go into, you know, find the portal by himself, Joyce yells at him and says, he's my son. And he looks at her and 
There is a slight but distinct nostril flare. So I'm going to give. I'm going to award full points. Oh, one point awarded. It's not unprecedented. Full points. Mm-hmm. Uh, bonus: He flares someone else's nostrils. Uh, no. Does Joyce does flare support? his nostrils, though. Yeah. If you want to, mm-hmm. I think you can make the argument, but uh... it's probably insubstantial evidence to prove that he had anything to do with anybody else flaring their nostrils. Agreed. Prediction oh. number two: Eleven. Killed somebody. Steve? She found a dead person, but she didn't kill anybody. Uh, John? I mean, I'd give it at least a quarter, if not a, a half a point, mm-hmm. on her flipping that van. That's what I'm thinking as well. I'll take that. I'll take because that. I feel like, uh, and I've done a lot of research on this time period, uh, I don't think seat belts were as utilized at this time as they, you know, as they have been since. Mm. So uh, if that person was wearing a seat, I'm saying 50-50, they were wearing a seatbelt or, uh, you know, half a point yeah. because it's like it's like Schrodinger's seatbelt at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, yeah, pretty unlikely until we open that van. If the person's in the upside down crush van, is it alive? Right. Maybe they just hit the ceiling of the van so hard that they flew into the upside down. <laughs> at which point does the upside down van get destroyed as well as the right side up van. The world may never know. Half so a I'm, point. I'm given half a point. Half yeah, a point. For sure. Thank you, fellas. Yeah, I forgot about that van flipperoo, huh, Steve? I did. Uh, prediction number three, Nance gets a piece of that monster. Not yet. She will, though. She will. <laughs> she hasn't had a chance to interact with that monster again. That's it's confidence I like to see. But zero, you get zero points. Zero points. <laughs> um, uh, next prediction. Hopper smokes exactly two cigarettes. Ladies and gentlemen, I think Hopper has quit smoking, and we're all happy. It's for his health. Because mm. he did not smoke a single cigarette this episode. It was a very stressful episode. I agree. Uh, I mean, considering all the stress in this episode, the fact that there were zero cigarettes smoked and only one, well, I guess only two nostrils flared at one moment... Hopper's really keeping it together this That's episode. Cool. No cigs, no beers. No points. No points. Exactly. That's what we say. <laughs> no cigs, no beers, no points. And finally, Jonathan uh, saves Nancy's uh, name by uh, adding the word not to uh, the graffiti. I was pleasantly surprised for my namesake that Steve had a sincere change of heart after getting his ass whooped. He wasn't a, a bitch about it or a douche about it. He actually realized he'd made some mistakes. And uh, he went back to that theater, to those poor workers who were having to wipe up that graffiti and offered to help out to his recompense. So, unfortunately, Jonathan didn't uh, save Nance's name, but Steve's being a real nice guy. So zero points. What you're saying yep. is what I hear, <laughs> loud and clear. Steve redeeming himself uh, in the show. Steve outside the show in the pod. May God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> and that brings us up on the season to seven point seven five points. Wow. You're gonna have to have a big ep, brother. Yeah. yeah only one more. One more episode. Meaning, uh, these are your final predictions, Steve, for these end times. All right, here we go, folks. Um, prediction number one. 
Eleven's nosebleeds get worse. So I'm just okay. I'm looking for a more substantial nosebleed than she's had in the past. Uh, prediction number two. We find out that Hopper is Will is Will's real father. Seems very concerned for the boy, and uh, there's a point in this episode where I was like, eh, maybe Will's his real dad, or Hopper's Will's real dad, because Lonnie's a douche. Still no Lonnie. Yeah, still no Lonnie. Starting that handyman. He's working. Business. Hey guys, yeah, he's starting this handyman business, guys. He's got some good skills. He's Jonathan's going to college. Got his GED. He's uh, got a certificate. He's a certified plumber now. I would would have loved a montage of Lonnie Hammer and stuff. (laughs) Uh, Prediction number three. Uh, Carryover from a carryover. Nance gets a piece of that monster. It will happen in episode eight. Come back here to find out next episode. (laughs) Prediction four. Hopper's going to eat his words. Because he says he's going to do all the talking. Hopper's going to eat his words. Um, so you're saying he's not going to do all the talking? Well, he's going to maybe try and do all the talking, but just he's going to eat his words. All right, we'll, we'll debate it next week. Yep. <laughs> next step. Ready for that? Um, prediction number... Mm, for five five at this point. Prediction number five. Mike wears pants. <laughs> Mike wears seems pants. like somebody pretty desperate to get do, these yeah. points. Do you want to add any uh, any potential bonus points to that prediction, Steve? The pants are green. <laughs> yeah, I'll take. I don't want a full point for that prediction. All right, I'll take a half point. The green, the pants. green, po- the green pant bonus. Yeah. Standard um, prediction and number and six. He, another, oh shit! Uh, Unprecedented sixth prediction. To get some more points, uh, here we go. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan and Steve shake hands. <laughs> Prediction number seven. Oh, slow down. <laughs> um, someone plans Barb's funeral. <laughs> Prediction number eight. Hey, hey, hey. I, I, I only, I only, I got seven legs, but only two hands to write these predictions down with. Learn to write with your feet. <laughs> if only. Prediction number eight. Well, I can't read my own handwriting. Oh, prediction number eight. Where there's a will, there's a way. To be interpreted. Argument next week, boys. Um, prediction number nine. Scott Clark got lucky. Mm. Little bit of carry over from our previous episode into the next episode. And prediction number ten for an even ten. We see a sunrise or a sunset. Wow. I want them beans. So we're at how many for the season? Seven and a half? Seven. 7.75. 7.75. 7.75. So just um, 3.25 points away from that big prize pack. Uh, good, good luck. Uh, I don't know. Do the math. I will do the math. I have been doing the math. Mm-hmm. As long as it's adding very basic numbers. <laughs> Fractions or decimals. Fractions are kind of basic. Kind of not. Anyway, that was that's you. been Steve's prediction corner. Steve, you normally do the outro, right? Mm-hmm. This is the outro song, and we're back.
Uh, all right, just to get the other segment out of the way, it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Who's the Hero? Uh, welcome back, universe. I'm the hero, and with me are some other potential heroes. Steve, who's the hero? Um, my prediction, because I have the initiative that nobody's acknowledging. Um, my predi- my not my prediction, my hero this week is Scott Clark. And he's the hero because he, in response to Dustin's claims, opened that curiosity door. All right. Well, uh, we'll see how that pans out for you. Uh, Brent, who do you got? Who's the hero? My hero is uh, whoever that gal was, uh, Scott Clark's date, uh, unnamed, uh, for tolerating what was going to be an awesome uh, Saturday night with – Old sexy SC, uh, and and meanwhile's what's he doing? Uh, he's 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 in there on the phone talking to some fourth grade children on a Saturday night. Uh, but is she complaining? No, she's so cool about it the whole time. So, so when you date a teacher, so she's hey, she's just after that mustache. We know uh, she's super cool about it, su- super chill. Scott Clark's date is the hero. All right, gang. Well, uh, let's just run down the top four. In fourth place is Lucas for coming around and bringing the gang back together, telling everybody the bad men are coming and getting getting everyone clear of the, the bad men that were coming. In third place, we have Scott Clark State for everything aforementioned. In second place, we have Scott Clark. Uh, what a hero for opening that curiosity door. And in first place, we have director, can I remember his first name, Cronenberg, for creating the practical effects that brought heroes number two and three together on that Saturday evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because what, what better way to start off a steamy relationship and by describing the practical effects that let somebody's head melt off of their body. Cronenberg, uh, David, David Cronenberg? Sure. 2.0? Yep. <laughs> You're a hero. Uh, and that's how we play Who's the Hero? Uh, brought to you by the heroes at Corellan Sweet Tea. It's the sweetest tea in the galaxy sip. And we're back. And that's how we play Who's the Hero? Excellent. I mean, you guys were so close that time. Wow. Uh, and so far, I mean, our, our season tally is 0. Yeah. 0.25 points for Steve, zero for Brent. I, what we can do. Yeah, I felt I felt it like a like a whisper in my ear, but uh, just you know, couldn't couldn't quite couldn't quite finish. That's you know that's what heroes always do. They finish. All right. Wow. Is that... Well, that's that concludes the segment segment of uh, this episode where we go through all of our segments. Uh, and now, on to some content. <laughs> I'm glad we finally delineated that shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, something. Go ahead. No. Nope. I I, we're funny. we're in the content segment now. I was pretty content with that content. Stop well, being so contentious. Uh, that's lower. That's low rate content. Mm. That's like one-legger content. Yeah, sorry. 
This is two, this is two legger premiere content. Yeah. Choice and, uh, A Prime. Uh, holographic two legs at best. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> yeah. That seemed, that seemed like a weird compliment to me, actually. I, <laughs> I think it kind of was. I don't know. Alrighty, we'll we'll take it. Um, something that I thought of this episode that I really enjoyed. We've talked previously about all the not, or the, all the '80s references that have been made. Yeah. Some more or less uh, explicit ones in this one, uh, and I like how they have taken those references and kind of flipped them on their head. Uh, in one instance, literally, um, like like the ET. Yeah, you know, oh, the van's coming. They're gonna go fly above them into the moon. Uh, nope, we're just gonna flip that van over, mm-hmm. possibly kill somebody. Jury's still out on that one, but uh, yeah, those moments uh, I think were great. Mm-hmm. The, another one I thought of was like the uh, Doctor Brenner coming and eating with, um, you know, the the kind of naive housewife. And later on, it turns out she's like, no, fuck that guy. He was a creep. Like, yeah. we're not giving up anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, when normally um, the mom is probably going to be the, not necessarily the villain, but an accessory to the villain. Uh, or that her naivete is going to be exploited in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked how that was kind of flipped uh, upside down a little bit. Uh, and another, and there's more of these, I'm sure. But another moment that I'm recognized was uh when nancy and mike uh, finally say oh we should never have any secrets again yeah and what a normal show would do is like oh they actually don't and they're great and then they just keep their own secrets and move move on yeah both so it's like a really nice yeah yeah moment for uh for them to get together and then they just you know don't mm-hmm. uh pretty beautiful so thoughts on uh, on that this is grade a content some some might call that content. No, I do agree that um, I really enjoyed the moment between Nance and Mike, like the the rebonding. Uh, nothing like a little tragedy to bring a couple siblings together. And I think they both know, like by the coy response of, "Oh no, it's not like that." And ew, gross. I don't like girls. Um, you both. They both know that the other one like kind of likes the other person. You see through that stuff, especially when it's your uh, your sibling. Yeah, I mean, I also, I think a lot of those things, too, just I, I was thinking about a few of those moments as well, and a, a similar thing that happens in this episode that there's, I'm thinking of The Empire Strikes Back, actually. There's a moment in this one where all of the, almost all of the main characters are together for the first time. So, you know, they've been having their separate adventures and this is the moment where uh, Joyce and Jonathan confront each other and Nance and Jonathan overlap with Joyce and Hopper and then the kids are together. Yeah, and there's a couple scenes. Yeah, keep pressing, keep pressing that soundtrack button. Thank you. Uh, there's a couple moments, especially when uh, uh, Dustin's on the phone with Scott Clark and there's all of them like awaiting an answer right behind him. It's pretty great. Similarly, which is actually called out in the episode, uh, they keep talking about Lando uh, and the scene with Lando, but that scene with Lando in The Empire Strikes Back is shortly thereafter one of the best when they're freezing Han Solo and Carbonite because you have all of the main heroes, all of the main villains in the same room 
for like one moment that happens in that entire trilogy. You have you have, you have everybody there. Everybody's there. Gangs all back. And um, I, I love when that moment happens. When just lots of storylines converge around a single instance. In this case, a phone call to Scott Clark. Open that curiosity door. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we could frame that heroic moment so distinctly around all these other characters coming together. The linchpin. Yeah, I mean, the way that I kind of saw that, uh, all the storylines converging, which is why, I mean, this episode is maybe my favorite in the whole series, including, like, the last one, which Steve obviously hasn't seen. But, um, yeah, just to see, like, when we have the, the teen romance movie uh, with – you know, Nancy and both Jonathan and uh, Steve um, coming together with like the weird Goonies adventure show mm-hmm. coming together with like the, you know, adult drama mystery. Yep. Uh, so yeah, to see all those characters like get in a room and be like, what do we do now? Let's like give each other the information that we have. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I mean, I loved seeing them all sitting on the couch and like Dustin explaining uh, well, I guess the whole gang explaining what they know about the science behind the thing was such a beautiful moment. Like we used our compasses. Uh, it's an electromagnetic magnetic field is very powerful. And, it, you know, like them explaining that science and everybody just like staring at them mouths mm-hmm. agape. Yeah. Uh, fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. So great. Yeah. And, and, and back to what you were saying too. some of those like just twists on some of the classic like 80s movies tropes and just some other tropes they they do through this whole um season i think it's such a nice job of like really leading you to to think as you were saying because you see some of these references coming or you see some of these really standard tropes playing out but then like turning it in such a way that um is unexpected and in some ways i would say in this episode and even i would say in the next one turning that in such a way that even as a viewer, sometimes it's hard to say, like, how did I feel about that? Um, because I think that, you, you know, I am conditioned to some some ways of storytelling, like, oh, this will get resolved this way. And when it doesn't, um, it, it's both a nice change, but also I think sometimes a little bit unexpected um, in a good way. That makes me curious going forward because we have this, like you said, this band of everybody comes together, everybody shares their knowledge. But then we have, like, the classic movie trope of, Everybody splits up, divide and conquer. So we went from Hopper was going to leave to Hopper and Joyce leaves. So the adults have left the crew and gone off on their mission. And then we lose the young adults, um, Jonathan and Nance, head off to the police station and go off on their mission, which we get less of a resolve on that at the end of the episode. And we know that the kids are still together in the gymnasium. Um, so, like, we've gone instead of flipping it on our head and like doing something completely different, like everybody stay together and go do something. Now we've got these three goes, three groups going off in different directions, which is like a typical movie. Like you go that way, I'll go this way. And then that usually Mm. doesn't turn out well. So let's see what happens. Should be pretty good. Yep. Never split the party. Mm -hmm. Although they didn't completely, it's not like it's not individuals going everywhere. They they split off in groups of two and, and numbers. So, yeah, we definitely need to stick a pin in that, like this exact conversation for next episode because, yeah, I mean, it just becomes more complex and interesting. Mm. So, um, yeah, very good. Uh, I like to, like, I remember hearing, like, something from the Duffer brothers saying 
they wanted to make this season basically like a eight hour long movie, mm-hmm. which it, it does really seem like that in a lot of ways. Like you're allowed to, you know, bring these three kind of very, very generic like movie archetypes together because you have eight hours instead of, you know, an hour and a half or whatever. Um, So yeah, I I think that they're really utilizing the format um, in an interesting way, but that, but that still really relates to, to movies and not necessarily to like TV, which is what we kind of typically would call something like this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, not, not at all. Almost. I mean, none of the, uh, None of the wrap up at the end of the thirty minutes. None of the usual like sitcom. You know, we're gonna have a very quick conflict, very quick resolution. On to the next episode. None of that at all. I would agree. Took us like six episodes to find out Barb was good. R.I.P. Barb. R.I.P. Rip. Yeah. All right. Do we, we got anything else? I feel pretty good. I feel all right. Barb's dead. Not not great. Mm. She had a slug in her mouth. That was gross. Ugh, yeah. gross. Yeah, I mean, what a terrible way for a two-legged creature to die to something that has zero legs. Ugh, slugs. Awful. I, Fucking awful. In this case, because the slug, I'm going to co-sign that. Slugs are gross. They're so gross. Um. All right, slugs are gross. You're here to hear first, universe. And Steve, you got that uh, critical hit uh, way, way back. Um, so that means you get to be the first one to rhyme three words. Split. Hit. Hey Brent, don't say shit. Just a, just a recap. Split. Hit. Oh, okay. I'm gonna take as long as I want. Let's have some podcast gold while we think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't matter. Tilt. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we play three rhyming words. See ya. See you next Bye. Time.